All right, welcome to another episode of Rosa Balls at Betting. Let's talk about the soon-to-approaching trade deadline five weeks away. And look, in today's NBA, even with some of these teams that have been quite poor, there seems to be an overabundance of buyers versus sellers. We talked about this in the past. So who's going to really be the sellers? Who could be available? Let's dissect sort of who might be the names, who might go after these names, where's the best fit. And first we start in Toronto. So, you know, Toronto seems like a seller, right? They just traded OG. But I could argue that they're probably not going to do anything, which could make this whole deadline a bit more tame. Why do I say that? And and, and the look, and again, to re- reiterate, the deadline's usually for the last-ditch effort for a team or a GM to save their job. Or a team is like, hey, we're at this level. We can get to the next level or solidify this level. So what I say about Toronto is Toronto just did, obviously, the OG quickly deal. If you looked at what happened over the weekend, actually yesterday, both players, OG, RJ, Quick, had all their debuts. And looking at Toronto in particular, because that's the guy we're going to be focusing on for a second, um, Siakam would be the, the name you would think could be available. But it seems to me that they're, you know, Masai's not going to want to lose these guys for nothing. Then again, he, he did that with Fred Van Fleet, lost him for nothing. Um, and did that with DeMar DeRozan, lost him for nothing. So let's not, well, he, didn't, he got Kawhi, actually. But, uh, you know, he lost Fred Van Fleet for nothing. So is he going to really lose Siakam for nothing? You can look at it both sides. So I think Masai puts a high price tag of their own talent and they'll, they'll wait it out like they did with OG. So if someone wants to overpay for Siakam, great. You're not going to get Siakam at 80 cents on the dollar. This isn't a Amari Stoudemire Phoenix situation where Cleveland just had to move Hickson to get him, which was ridiculous at the time. Um, who's going to get Siakam? It, it seems more likely to me that Toronto's going to want to test out this new unit, right? They just got two new guys, Quickly and Barrett, I would argue the fit's not great because you have quickly Barrett and and, and uh, Barnes. Neither of those three are, I would say, terrific spacers. They're not the best complementary to each other, and you'd rather have two spacing guys up front. You got Pirtle locked up, so it's not going to be him. And while Siakam can space a little bit, it's not perfect. Now, having said that, it also could be a fun, interesting team to evaluate. And... Toronto could, could make the argument, let's keep Siakam, maybe we make a play and a run, he gains value, we sign him to an extension, and we could trade him a year or two down the line, his value might not change as much. It's an argument. It's an argument. And to be honest, right now, because he's a pending free agent, you don't have teams sort of um, clamoring to trade for him. Uh, the only team I can think of that it could make sense, but it's, it's super risky, and why they're playing with house money is basically OKC. OKC is the team that, you know, could make a big trade, go for Siakam and make a, uh, a title run. But they'd probably have to move Jalen Williams. I, I don't think Toronto does Josh Giddy even. Uh, given the PR especially, but also the fit. As I talked about, they need spacing. While Jalen Williams is in the space, so at least he's a wing. Um, so that could be a little messy. So while Siakam's a name, I don't know who becomes available. The only teams I could, the other teams I could see, is maybe Chicago with Patrick Williams. But again, he's been t- a, a tough start, and the Bulls 
should be sellers as well. So that's the one focus. It's Siakam, and again, my uh, prediction is he doesn't he doesn't get moved. Uh, Levine, Levine's got to be the guy that gets moved, right? So to me, if you look at the landscape, it's going to be Dejounte Murray and Zach Levine. Those are the guys that got to get moved. And again, I could probably make the argument you could swap them for each other. We talked about this before. Uh, you do that, Atlanta's backcourt defensively is just super weak especially if they keep bogey in that deal, but a, a young Levine backcourt, just, just let the team score a billion points, right? Um, I don't know. The Bulls have really just completely deteriorated Levine's value over the last couple of years. Um, and he's a great offensive talent. The defense hasn't really been there. And the team play is, is a little suspicious. Like, you know, is he a guy that needs to get 30 and, and be happy regardless of the team wins or loses? I don't know. It doesn't look good. Uh, but how many times are you getting a guy who's that's even that size, 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", range? Obviously uber-athletic, as we know. And just a crazy shooter. True shooting has been 58% or better at a usage of 25% or better at 35-plus minutes. Those don't grow on trees. Okay? Uh, now, again, the teams that... Who would go after Levine? So let's figure that out for a second. People are thinking Philadelphia. Well, again, like Philly has Tobias Harris. They might not sign. They might not re-sign him. I get it. Um, but Levine, you know, just moved Harden, which which really let you see what Maxi could do. Do you want to see what Maxi could do in a playoff series with, with him as like the full full mantelpiece, him and Embiid? Or do you say no? We need a little more help and go for Levine. It, it's not a good move for for Philly. Plus, they're a little guard heavy. Belt would have to be in that deal. There's a lot of subtractions you're doing just to get them off, which is what I, I wouldn't love it, okay? Who else? Who else would go after him? Uh, we talked about Atlanta needing to make a move. Again, Murray. You're swapping one issue for the other. I, I think Atlanta might take one step back to take two steps forward. I don't know if Quinn signs off of that. It's a big contract. Levine's on a big, big deal. Is in New York. Now, New York is a slight possibility. I, I want to mention the Knicks here. I think like one of I think there's going to be a move that happens between um, either Levine, Murray, and the Knicks, right? So the Knicks, you can make an argument, yeah, it could make sense. They just got rid of Barrett. They're, they need another offensive guy, I think. I think it's a lot of reliance on Randall and Brunson. One, two, high usage. Um, I don't... I don't think that's going to fit long-term. I think they, they're, it reminds me of like Walker Pierce back in the day. Just too much reliance on two guys. And there's not like, who's the third guy there? OJ's the third guy. I'm a little nervous about, I think he's the perfect fourth guy, but I think they need a third guy that I could put up. Is it Levine? I know the Tibbs Levine tandem, you know, that could go um, poor real bad. And are the Knicks really going to cash in their chips? For Zach Levine, that, that's kind of risky. So Levine's really up in the air. Now, the team that I think ends up getting him, I think it's the Lakers. I think Levine to the Lakers, I think that's a done deal. I really do. The Lakers are now kind of slowly treading water. They're, I think they're 3-7 and seven in the last time, 2-7 and seven in the last nine, something like that. Um, they're falling into that 10-8 to eight range. Austin Reeves has not... He's been okay, but he hasn't stepped up as they hoped he would. 
And look, you have a timetable with LeBron and Davis. This is called spade a spade. And the Knicks, I mean, the Lakers, are you going to go into a playoff series again with that same two? And you, you run to a bus on in Denver. You need more offensive output. They, they're going to need a third guy who can step up. I think the Lakers absolutely make a move for Levine. I think the Bulls are just going to wait it out until the deadline. Those two teams makes perfect sense to me. I think they could do a. I think they could get Reeves and Russell, quite frankly, and a pick. That's a slam dunk deal for Chicago. Now, if you're the Lakers, you get rid of the pick. I don't know, but to me, that's the deal. And if you're the Lakers, you might even be able to choose between Levine or DeRozan. If I'm the Bulls, what's the point of removing Levine and then keeping DeRozan? I, I personally actually don't even know. What what the Bulls might do is they might unload Levine, just like. Uh, a bunch of these teams are now with these new sort of squads. They might experiment down the stretch and then decide the next move. You can make an argument, well, they'll lose an asset for nothing. They're worth, they're, they're worth doing that if they can experiment, right? So, like, the Bulls, it might behoove them to move Levine, get spacing talent in Russell and, uh, and Reeves, let Kobe White get a, a full year now where he's the, the main lead guard. See what Reeves does as a backcourt, and see what this roster does going into the, the play-in. Can they be competitive towards the play-in, towards the playoff? Most of these teams, I hate to say it like this, it's going to sound really depressing. Most of these teams don't have, like, contending um, aspirations right now. Like, the Bulls just want to get to the next step. And if they see a, a core... And by the way, they, they, they need to experiment Patrick Williams, too. So by removing Levine so far... They've looked better, but I think they need to see that, you know, do they make the play-in? Do they make a playoff run? Can they be? Can they at least make the first round and have a competitive series? And then based on that, then they, they decide who to re-sign, what, you know, Patrick Williams, or Rosen, et cetera. Now, they've been notoriously cheap. If I'm the Bulls, I go heavy sell mode, which they should have done last year. But I digress on that. I, I think DeRozan's the guy... Um, you you probably need to move, and I'll throw a wild card in there, right? So anyway, Levine the Lakers is, is my prediction. It's not that unique of a prediction, but I think it just makes too much sense. No one else is going to give the package the Lakers would give for Levine and needs Levine like the Lakers do, and, you know, he fits quite nicely. DeJounte Murray, he's obviously the other guy that's on the move. Um, Atlanta is not, is better I would make the argument without Murray in their lineup, a little bit of addition based subtraction. Now, the guys who have stepped up to their place have stepped up somewhat, but but probably not enough. Okay, so for you know they, they got rid of Collins and Sadiq Bay and Jalen Johnson into the starting lineup. AJ Griffin has been hurt, so we don't know a lot about him. Now, if Murray's gone, you're gonna have Bogdanovich in there. Your bench gets a little weak. So what are you looking back if you're Atlanta? Well, first of all, I think you could replenish your 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 pick assets a bit more which they would do. Um, and you're looking really just to remove the contract and get some picks, right? So I think Atlanta's looking at New York. That's the, that's the, that's the clear... That's the clear team first. And the Knicks trade's not a good deal. It would be at least, for the Knicks, I would say, it'd be at least Grimes, Forney, and two firsts. You might think that's not a lot. And if I'm Atlanta liked... Um, Grimes a lot a couple years ago when they tried to uh, move Cam Reddish for him. And I think, I think they like Grimes a lot now. And Grimes, to me, 
look, if you're Atlanta relying on a 40% usage from Trey Young, some, some crazy number, right? If you do such a deal, it's back to Young's team. But you get way better defensively. You get Young, Grimes, you know, some combination of Bay, Johnson, or, or Hunter, Johnson, and, uh, and Capella. Look, I, I think Atlanta is, is a, I don't want to say a ways, a little ways away where they need to figure out a bunch of stuff. But it does start with moving Murray. It's not working. And Murray or Young had to be the guy that moves, and I, Young's been playing great. He's the face of the franchise. It, it's got to be Murray. Fine, we, we agree. But the team interested seems to be the Knicks. I don't, they're not going to, again, like who gives you the better offer? Now, look, I, it's not a good deal for the Knicks, but I don't think a team tops that offer if that's the one that's on the table. The only other, there's no other team. I mean, Chicago, it could have been them, but Kobe White's been playing well. So I, I don't see another team jumping at, at DeJounte Murray. I don't think it's enticing enough. Again, the Lakers keep popping up and around these deals. So what the Knicks could do is Murray. Now, Murray's a super risk for the Knicks. Super risk. First of all, it pigeonholes them to this roster, which to me is at best a second-round team. Right? You get out of the Mitchell sweepstakes early. It's not super great. If the Knicks were smart, the guy I'm flirting with, and they might be, is DeMar DeRozan. It's DeMar DeRozan. You want to have a similar kind of flow. You want to have guys close down the stretch. Now, is the spacing there? I don't know. But what I like about DeRozan is that he's an expiring deal. Like, is it worth taking the flyer on him? How much would it cost? So now the other question becomes, and and again, they make the argument, well, you just said the Bulls want to experiment. So, like, the Knicks need to figure out this team. I wouldn't wouldn't, um, go all in on a roster yet. Then again, let's say you need to make the second round. So if you're the Knicks, the alternative to Murray are guys who are essentially expiring, who could take that mantle as the third guy, or even higher with some. To me, it's between Harris, DeRozan, and Brogdon. Now, I like Brogdon a lot because I think it just fits with what quickly gave them, so it, it, it seamlessly fits, and he could close a little bit. He's playing Gray's 16-6-6 guy. He's a clear number three guy. Okay, is that enough? Does that really move the needle? You can make an argument it doesn't. Right now, they're not, I don't think they win a playoff series. They need to win a playoff series. With Brogdon, it increases the chances, I don't know. Or if you're the Knicks, you could take a little bit of a gamble. They have a lot of assets, and you could say, we'll do one better. We'll go for DeRozan. Now, here's the difference in all three moves, right? Brogdon will cost you four and a first, and it's probably a week first. That's it. Harris would cost you a little more than Brogdon. You might you might have to move a good first or a first and a, and a protected first, okay? And DeRozan is going to cost you Grimes, and that's what it comes down to to me. Like, do you... Say, like, hey, this is enough for, for these guys. I don't really know if they the fit. But DeRosa's interesting. Um, but either way, those are the guys I think they're being moved. Levine Lakers. Siakam stays put. And we'll continue with some. Murray, I think, does go to the Knicks in the end. And I, I think it's a horrible trade. If they're smart, again, it's an expiring guy. Harris, Brogdon, DeRosa. I don't know if they're there yet.